You're listening to the Batuta Advocates Weekly News Wrap on Desert Rock FM 96.5. Welcome back to the Weekly Batuta Bulletin. We've basically got three cities in lockdown right now. Things aren't changing in the COVID front. Lockdowns in Melbourne, Sydney, and of course, uh, Brisbane, uh, our closest capital. Things are pretty grim. Hunter Region's locked down as well. It's looking like we're going to have to vax our way out of this. And um, funnily enough, this uh, sorry state of affairs we're in is not even the biggest news in the country. We've got plenty going on, political, sport, and the like. You're joined by myself, Clancy Overall, editor of the Batuta Advocate, and I'm joined, of course, by Errol Parker, editor-at-large. How are you, Errol? I'm all right, mate, but you don't actually believe in this vaccine shit, do you? I mean... You should really, you know, take a hard look at the facts and then maybe, like, maybe you'll be able to come to the same conclusions that I have. But but anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. um, I can understand how you got to that point, Errol. There has been some uh, nightmarish public messaging from our government over the last six months. Uh, But it doesn't change the fact that uh, the people that have spent years, sometimes decades, studying this exact science and... uh, have come to the conclusion that uh, vaccinations, uh, inoculations, immunizations are actually the greatest feat in medical history. Yeah, I guess that can get muddied by Scotty from Marketing's constant. Who's paying them though? Who's, who's paying these uh, doctors? Who's, who's paying Very un- underfunded yeah. uh, science laboratories, uh, yeah, right usually on. in regional towns. How are you, Wendell, our newsreader, the, uh, the millennial on the team? How are you? Yeah, very good. Enjoying another week of freedom. Can't really complain. I hope that uh, all this COVID stuff stays over on the eastern seaboard. But I'm assuming uh, we won't be having a mandatory vaccination policy at the Batuta Advocate offices then, if that's Errol's position on this thing. Well, look. Um, well, like, look, no, 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 no. See, no, I'm not getting the shit that they're trying to put in us. I'm holding out for the Sputnik. Okay. Yeah, look. Um, I'll have a Sinovax, mate. I was born in Hong Kong. I'll fucking take that shit. Yeah, look. I thought we had heaps of the Sputnik out in Batuta already. That's what they say. Australians aren't necessarily vaccine reluctant or hesitant. We're more vaccine choosy. Uh, we're window shopping vaccines out here. And I don't think we'll be able to bring in the mandatory testing for our newsroom because this town is a very fucking litigious town. I've been sued for a whole number of things. And I reckon that could just be another fucking notch on my belt. So I'm just going to either tell them to work from home or I'll fucking... I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. They have got you. They've got you a couple of times, Clancy. So I reckon we'll move on from that and we'll get into this news wrap. We will start off with one of the biggest stories that rounded out the news week. And Hillsong has become an official religion after the Prime Minister's pastor gets charged with hiding child sex crimes. Yes, finally, the Pentecostal megachurch that is Hillsong is in the big leagues. After years of trying to be well and truly considered one of the real ones, one of the the big boys trying to join the, uh, I guess you'd say, more established Christian faiths, they finally made the cut after charges were levelled against their founder, Brian Houston, for concealing child sexual abuse. While it's obviously an awful revelation, it's believed the high-ranking pastors and corporate executives at Hillsong are secretly cheering that they can now be considered a real religion. And while the Prime Minister's close personal friend and pastor enjoys a suspiciously timed trip out of the country, we're all waiting to hear whispers that Houston may be offered a job as the leader of the House of Representatives. Although Christian Porter is currently in charge, there's rumours that Morrison may give him the flick 
as his friend Brian is interested in taking up the government's agenda in Parliament House. Well, if that story doesn't get us sued, then nothing will. What else have we got, Wendell? Well, that previous story has had a flow-on effect. Peter Dutton is going to spend his 14 days in isolation practising his smile in the mirror ahead of the spring lib spill. Yeah, Defence Minister Peter Dutton and House of Reps leader Peter Dutton has been forced into a 14-day isolation after being exposed to the pangolin's wrath once again. He doesn't have it this time, but he is isolating as a result of his kids being caught up in the contacts in the Brisbane cluster. Now, while it's not ideal that he's in isolation during this national crisis, he's promised to spend his time wisely. That's right, rather than spend the two weeks lying on top of his bed until the virus goes away, Mr Dutton said he's going to spend the time working on his own personal projects. With a bit of chatter about leadership spills getting around, the next man up has apparently been spending an hour every morning standing in front of the mirror practising getting his pearly whites out. And he's also apparently been working on how to say, hello, my name's Peter. We are going to move along quickly to a story down in Sydney and an elite private schoolboy has thanked Mummy Gladys for giving him some dumb country bogans jab this week. And just in case there was any confusion about what type of school this kid goes to in Western Sydney, Michael Patches O'Pooley said to us at the beginning of our interview, he said, make sure to refer to me as an elite private school boy. This ain't no Catholic school, this is the real deal. Yes, and that's why he needs his jab, because he's a future leader and a future mover and shaker. Patches O'Pooley explained that with his exams coming up, it makes sense that the jabs are taken away from rural areas and given to him and his year group, so they can get on with preparing to take the reins from their mum and dads. Finishing the interview, he said, Besides, I don't know what, like, all those people in those shitholes are so worried about. There's more on the way. Like, relax, you dumb country bogan. Like, it doesn't actually matter if you die from this thing, because, like, you probably do nothing except sit around in your Lowe's tracksuit all day between trips to the KFC drive through while smoking overpriced cigarettes and drinking fucking flavoured milk. Certainly does sound like a future leader there. We had a comment on that story from Rob Haskard, who said, As a dumb country bogan from Tamworth, this hurts. However, you can take our jabs, but you'll never take our subpar, understaffed, under-resourced hospital system. Some Olympic news now, and one of the larger stories from Tokyo this week was Peter Boll lighting it up in the 800 metre final on Wednesday night. He didn't get the result he wanted, but as the story we ran pointed out, you're still the fourth fastest bloke over 800 metres in the world, Peter. Yeah, there's been plenty of inspirational efforts from athletes over the course of the last couple of weeks. Peter Boll was one of those competitors, and of course, Pete didn't want to finish fourth, but given the other cowards in the race made him lead the whole way, it was a sensational effort from the young Perth bloke to secure himself a copper medal. That's the way these guys are built and driven, isn't it? I mean, most of them are appreciative of their results, but gold is usually the goal. And that was the case for old Spag Boll, who gave us a raw interview straight after the race and uh, that kind of made the nation love him even more. But as has been pointed out, fourth in the world is still sensational, given most people couldn't even run 800 metres in one go, even if they needed to. Unless the missus has asked me to do the washing up. Am I right, fellas? <laughs> Piss <-a. laughs> That's about the only time, eh? All right, we'll round it out with one last Olympic story, and, oh, cute, Channel 7 thinks people are going to keep watching after the Olympics. Yeah, with all the grace of a dropped chicken nugget, Australian TV broadcaster Channel 7 has insisted on reminding viewers there will still be loads of good TV airing on their station after the Olympics, which is a pointless exercise because for the majority of people, 7 Plus is definitely getting deleted the minute they turn the lights off on the closing ceremony. Yeah, and as one local woman told us, Tiffany, 
Uh, she said, it's kind of cute that they actually think I'm gonna keep watching Home and Away or The Voice or that SAS propaganda bullshit. But yeah, it's uh, it's not happening. That's all we have from us this week on the Batuta Advocates radio show. Thank you for joining us for the weekly bulletin. Yep, 7 Plus certainly is getting uninstalled in a couple of days' time. And uh, congratulations to all of our Olympians and all of our politicians who, despite the public scrutiny, still managed to get paid between two to $500,000 a year of our dollars. Righto, that'll do us. See ya. See ya. Hey, Rope. Right.